0: This is how I went. I'm not even supposed to be here today!
1: Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.
0: How can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. No. No, you. You complete me. I'm the king of the
1: world! If you don't have a good sense of humor, you're better off dead. 69, dudes!
0: welcome back to the sin arrivals podcast folks once again we are back it is october and that usually if not definitely means horror movies will be discussed on our show folks we banked up quite a few of the new released horror movies uh four to be exact plus a couple of extra movies we also saw on the side because you know studios there they don't get with the times they don't just use October for the horror movies like they should. I think every horror movie should come out in the season in October. This is the month I would like to be scared. And honestly, I can say happily that one and a half of these movies scared me uh, that we're about to talk about. So that's pretty, uh, I mean, out of out of four brand new horror movies, it's, I think that's pretty okay. Uh, even though the one I'm talking about did not even come from America, but we will get to that here towards the end. But first, before we even get into the horror converse, actually, you could call this a horrific conversation we are about to have because it is about one of the bigger disappointments of the year. A movie that decided to come out like seven years, set like eight, nine years after the third one that came out in this franchise. Years after a lot of these guys are like now actually too old to be doing this stuff. And so we get a bunch of sidelined legacy actors for like new actors that are like not actually actors they're models and rappers so if you haven't gotten to where i'm getting at it's a, the expendables 4 movie that came out or expendable four bulls mm-hmm. expendable four bulls cuz mm-hmm. they decided to do the fan four stick thing where they stick a four in as an a uh, super original guys great great job uh but yeah I
1: What's the best movie to do that
0: uh out of the two that's a hard no, decision
1: just, just just in general like
0: yeah, but I don't think there's of... more than just the two I don't know that this is like
1: I've seen threes I've seen threes being incorporated. Did into saw the... four do that no um, but I think they use body parts for a lot of their they
0: they did that and then they, they also do the Roman numerals yeah. But anyways, yes, Expendables 4, uh, Sylvester Stallone and his gang of 80s action heroes, and all these other ancillary characters that we've met along the way. Yeah, they're not really in this movie, unfortunately. We get an absolute, like, just, what's the word, neutered version of the Expendables movie. So much so that in, like, the first 25 minutes, we lose the main character from this franchise of films with Sylvester Stallone's character, just like dying spoiler alert. And then for the rest of the movie, you're leader of this group of like rough and gruff action stars, like Dolph Lundgren and Randy Couture. And I mean, you don't even have Terry Crews in this one, but you do Jason Statham who we will bring back into the conversation here in a second, but they replaced Sylvester Stallone with Megan fucking Fox. Someone who is in who's been in Hollywood for a while, but like has been regarded as one of the worst actresses like at actually acting. (laughs) So I don't know what they were thinking with that point, with that switch up, because it just made, you didn't want to follow the team. Like the whole heart of the movie was like the camaraderie between these, these like action bros that we like, we don't really know their history. We just know that they like got each other's back. They're expendables. They're a team. And then they're just gonna like replace everyone and their mom with like an Asian girl, and then Fifty Cent and Megan Fox, and like those are not the same characters that we've come to like find enjoyment out of. Like the Expendable movies have, Expendables movies have never been masterpieces, but they've been fun, and they're fun because of the people they get in the movies. Like how in the second one they were able to get Chuck Norris and John Claude Van Damme to show up, and like those guys have like a claim to their name in the genre and instead you're bringing in again 50 cent and Megan Fox, like what the fuck you've totally lost touch in what you were doing with this franchise.
1: Yeah. The the Megan Fox of it all is, is pretty fascinating. Um, I mean, cause there was a point in time when she was relevant and I feel like she's slipped away a little bit and in, especially into the regards of like, not now the only time you hear about her is, is in relation to machine gun Kelly and that fascinating marriage. I I would say like I I mean I enjoyed the first two Kindles. Pretty pretty solid. Uh, the sequel was fun. I remember when they came out. And then the third one just really did the whole like we're gonna introduce young Glenn Powell. I know we talked about it, like like Glenn Powell was in the third one. What a surprise to kind of see that that sipped out. And then now you have a really uninteresting collaboration of like younger actors in this one and like a terribly acting performance by Fifty Cent. Uh but I I would say like the biggest drawback from this is like oh aside from like the really bad CGI, um, and what they did as a like plot device for the story, which you know they killed off Stallone early in the movie, and you're kind of like like I'm not even going to finish watching this if that's the case. But then it's re- it's revealed very much at the end, and and it's such a, a like like a. Uh, like a Chico uns- like it's
0: not even it's it's not satisfying yeah. it's like they made they the whole movie they make you think he's gone and then they're just like mm-hmm.
1: gotcha the I will what's more shocking too though is like this has a hundred million dollar budget and it only made about eighteen to twenty in the u s yeah, and it looked it's, terrible it's yeah and they released it a month ago and yeah it it quickly became bad I mean. It, I don't even know if there was a right time to release this. Like, you could have maybe dropped it, it in was, the summer.
0: It was like eight years ago when the, they were coming That's out, it. like, once a year.
1: What, what they really should have done was the Expendabellas, where it's all female action heroines uh, from our past. You could have really gotten away with that when they first talked right. about I mean, it in early Car- or
0: Linda Hamilton and uh, Sigourney oh, yeah. Weaver and...
1: Uh, Milo Vjosevic, Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Angelina Jolie. There was there was a lot. Um, right in the uh, Daryl Hannah. There's there's a good collection yeah. that they could have pulled out for that. Um, and that would have been. I mean, that would have been pretty pretty cool to see, but unfortunately, we're past that. Uh, it could still happen, I guess. I don't know. I I know I saw something about uh Jason Statham saying that this was supposed to like start a new trilogy. So we'll see if Whoa. that's even.
0: Woof. That's even possible. But speaking <laughs> of Jason Statham like only guy that came to play easily yeah, the best yeah. part of the movie had the only entertaining action p- sequences like it was basically any the time the film was like solely on him it was watchable again. Yeah. Which is great would... I mean l- l- fucking Lloyd Cr- or is it Lee Christmas or Lloyd Christmas. Wait, Lloyd Lee Christmas. Chris, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lloyd
0: Christmas true. is the Dumb and Dumber guy. Dumb and Dumber. Are they brothers? Is this like a crossover? We need. We need the Expendables meets Dumb and Dumber, and we got Lee Christmas and Lloyd Christmas meeting.
1: Christmas. I think we saw. I think we saw Dumb and Dumber the way this movie played out, dude. Right.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, hey, I just got a text, dude. Did you know that Aquaman's at the Total Wine in Chesterfield? Yeah. Yeah, yep. Jason Momoa is in Chesterfield today.
1: Mm-hmm. It, he was there last night and today, and I was like, oh, I really wanted to go do that.
0: I, I'm not going to wait in line at a fucking liquor store just to like say what's up to Jason Momoa. And I, um, it, like,
1: yeah, you, you do, you do do that.
0: No, because I mean, I think it's, I'm not like it more than an hour. No, thanks.
1: Is your buddy, I, I would, I'm, Curious if he does that. If it's, like, if he's there for an hour. Yeah, I, like, I can't imagine he's going
0: to be there for, like, six hours. Like, he'll probably pop in and then take some pictures and sign some shit for, like, an hour and then leave. That's how that shit goes. And I'm not about to get in line just to not meet him about it. But moving on, I mean, away from this, this actually ended up being much longer of a conversation than either of us expected, I'm assuming. And we'll move directly into a movie that I think we'll also talk about pretty quickly, just because, like. We've already done more talking between the two of us in this podcast than there is in the entirety of this next movie. Uh, No one will save you now. Or is it no one will save you? Did I add the now? Yeah. Yeah. No one will save you. Uh, starring Caitlin Devers, yep, Catherine. Devers? I think it's just, I think just Dever.
1: I think it's just Caitlin Cal- 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 Devers.
0: Caitlin Dever, uh, basically, she is like the entirety of this movie. It's the entire, like, the only focal point of the entire movie is just her point of view of what's going on inside of her house that she's now been left because I think, again. It's hard. You were left to discern everything like just by watching the movie. There is no dialogue in the entire movie. I'm like, when are they eventually going to talk? I like what they're doing here. And when they finally get to the end and they pretty much still haven't said a single like auditory word, I was wholeheartedly impressed by like how it was still able to keep me invested. And I mean, surprise, surprise. It's like a pretty damn solid alien abduction movie combined with a home invasion movie. So I was thoroughly impressed with this like thing that just showed up on Hulu. I heard nothing about it. I knew nothing about it and just popped it on.
1: Yeah. I, I had some, some people uh, that I follow give it like high praise and was like, Oh, this is, this is a really good film. Like Hulu did it again or they drop a pretty good release. Uh, however, I, I mean, Listen, I, I had a good time with it. I like the alien aspect of it. Uh, and I think uh, Kathleen Dever is like a really good young actress that's still like testing herself and the ability of what she can do, which is always great. I like seeing uh, people perform that. I just think, in terms of like what this story was trying to go for, where it, it had no dialogue, so it had to really execute well in its, you know, the display on screen. And they were trying to tell you this. Um, the story that she was, uh, what sounds like her girlfriend died and it might have been her fault because of the hitting her over the head kind of thing. And it just, I didn't buy that aliens would have felt the remorse that she was looking for, like that guilt that was weighing. I thought that was a little cheap. And that being like, they send her back down and then you kind of find out at the end too that that also might have just been a trick where like her community is still being... um equipped with like this thing inside the people or whatever. I, I mean mean it, it's like a brisk eighty five minutes. Like it's not it's not criminal in any means by that. I think it was neat. Um but in terms of like the like the higher level of, of ratings I was seeing from people, I was kind of just like, you know, they, they didn't it didn't have the um to it, you know, like I was really wanting some meat off the bone and, and I thought it didn't have um too much of it. I, I, I really liked the alien um thrill to it. Uh, aside from that, I mean, there really really wasn't much.
0: To me, it felt kind of like Signs and Panic Room, but with no dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, like, I saw that. It didn't feel, like, wholly original. But, again, just, like, the idea and the gimmick of making this movie with the lack of dialogue that there is, and we're truly just, like, Because there's no one for her to talk. It's not like she's going to talk to the aliens. They don't, you don't, you're not going to assume they speak English. So instead you run around and you stay quiet and you stay hidden. It was almost like, like, um, a quiet place. Like what they were doing with that, like they, if that movie decided to like make something that was just dialogue it would have been incredibly interesting, but I don't think the movie would have worked nearly as well. But then we have something like this where it's super contained. It's, the singular character and she doesn't have anyone else to talk to because they set up very well that she is now alone in her life and she's not really sure how to like proceed. And then all this shit starts happening. And, and then by the end you see kind of like, it's not like a happy ending, but like she ends up happy the way that the, the, the movie plays out. So it's very interesting to see how it ends. And, like you were saying, you wanted something like more definitive, something more like striking. I kind of think leaving it up to the interpretation of the audience as well as they did is would have is for the best. So I'm glad. I don't know. I I just I'm glad I popped this one on. And you say you saw some people. I saw you watched it. So then I did.
1: Well, it was on. I saw a lot of uh, tweets about it, and then it was mentioned in a podcast that I had. I mean, Sure. sure, 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 so, sure, sure.
0: All right, moving on to our next film, something that was like literal torture, almost as torturous as dealing with the different Bollywood studios we have to deal with he, yeah, working the job that I do. It's absolute torture, and they don't know how to do their job. It's crazy. Anyways, anyway. uh, I'd rather be dealing with the what these people in this movie deal with <laughs> on a weekly what? basis. I'm just kidding. I'd rather have my eyeballs vacuumed out of my head. Than to deal with another Bollywood. No, I'm just. <laughs>
1: I mean. Just... Uh. Anyways,
0: Saw X. We are ten Saw movies in, folks, and I am the brave soul that watched all ten movies.
1: I watched perfect. them before.
0: Yeah, but I did it all in like a, a week and a half. Yeah,
1: I, I, I was watching them like every spiral. other day. I binged it before Spiral. Yeah, it's unhealthy. It's not good. It's... They're terrible. They all
0: blend together. It's not the way you should watch these movies by any means, because like I don't couldn't really tell you what happens in which movie once you get to like four, five, and six. Um, but again, we are on the tenth one. Tobin Bell is back as John. Uh, what's his face? Kramer. 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 And um, Kramer. I like this one, man. I don't know. After watching all the other ones, this one kind of had like a story. They decided to actually finally focus on Tobin Bell as a character and not just like, as the, like ethereal villain that he was around the franchise for most of the movies. Um, You get to see like, they try to humanize him, which doesn't necessarily work in my opinion, but the, the attempt of doing so was different enough for me to like get some enjoyment out of it. And I mean, the, It's still gruesome. It still makes me turn away from the screen. I mean, it's hard to watch. And the reason these Saw movies work for a lot of people is that, like, visceral reaction that you get from, like, not being able to watch the horrific, gory traps that the franchise has become known for. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, spoiler alert, but they bring back that chick from the first movie, Amanda, and I'm like... This is what I kind of liked about the first couple of movies, what they were doing, where they were just tying everything together in funny ways. And they did it again. And I thought it was really enjoyable because of that.
1: Yeah. Listen, this was cool, but did we need it? No.
0: Yeah. Well, 10 is a lot cooler than like eight and a spiral.
1: I, I mean, 8 jigsaw spiral and then well and then
0: 7 yeah, jigsaw lovely. spiral
1: i i would say um it's nice that this actually came out um a week or a couple days before october you know they they kept it as close as they possibly can to the month of you know halloween and spookiness but i i mean it was all right i did not like like what we were talking about with the previous Saul's entries like those movies are maybe 90 minutes tops like they don't they're not taking your whole day away. This film it takes 40 minutes, 45 to just get started. It had to build up a bunch of backstory for why Kramer is setting up what he's setting up and then when it takes away it's it's a saw movie and it's fun, it's great. Um but to me like having to suffer through John Kramer as a leading actor was fucking horrific. Like that what? was terrifying. No.
0: I, I get out like, of it. Like he is dude. so Robin he Bell's is so man.
1: old. He's so old. Yeah, a legend to the horror community. I mean, yeah. like, he's a, he's a, that guy. I mean, Absolutely. Anything else you watch, I, I think it, this, this was just like, no bueno. Like I, if that 40, first 40 minutes. And then like, you're we talking about with the, the vacuum eye trap, or whatever. That was fake. Cause mm-hmm. it was just, it was just an imaginative saying if this kid was going to steal the wallet and jewelry from the guy in the hospital he was going to do it but then the guy put it back so that didn't even happen that's not even real so we can't even consider that a trap so i i think it's it's absolute you know i mean i'm glad we didn't have to end on the bullshit that was spiral i mean chris rock did some weird attempt on that one but this one has you know It takes place between chapters one and two, or whatever, or between two and three. It's like, are we just gonna insert ourselves in different timelines to keep cash grabbing this franchise? Like that's that's stupid. It's unrighteous. We're all victims of it. I I'm, I mean, in ten years when we have ten more of these, it's gonna be fucking annoying. I don't know. Not a fan.
0: Or I don't know about ten more of them, but we'll say
1: the trap. The traps are gruesome, and and that's you have to have that. But I also.
0: I also like how in this movie versus like some of the later movies in the franchise, when I was doing my rewatch, they like made sure to have these victims have reason for being in the traps. Like originally the traps were like a form of retribution and like you were supposed to repent for the things that you've done to learn your lesson But then they just started like being really fucking loosey goosey with that shit. And in this one, they brought it back around and like, yeah, these guys were fucking stealing money from people who need all they needed in life was hope. So like you wanted to see them go through the fucking traps. And I kind of liked that refreshing switch up. But then again, it's like, you also see, I never wanted to see Tobin bell in a trap with a child. You never want to see I'm... John Kramer in a trap. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Unless he's meant to be in there. And they tried to do the thing where it was like the first movie where, yeah, he was trapped, but really it was all part of his plan being trapped in the room with him the whole time or being like dead on the floor in the beginning of them, just to like th- turn it around in the end. And I was like, all right, but I think you're right about also the time frame, Like, how are you going to make all of these an hour and a half, and then this last one's like two hours?
1: Hmm. I mean, it's just I—I I don't know. I got I got kind of frustrated that you know I look at my my time, or whatever, and it's been like over a half hour, and we're still trying to build up the reason why he's going after it with this, you know, fake uh, pharmaceutical like uh, hospital or whatever where they trick you into thinking that your your problem's gone. Like I just. I don't got time
0: for you. Damn, dude. Apparently, Kyler Murray is getting reinstated. Yeah. Designated to return from injured reserve. Yeah, okay. Once we get to that, once we get to the last one, we actually get to gush about that. It'll be good. But we first got first. We got to talk about what I think it's so weird for i mean, i mean let me get tangential real quick but it's so weird to me that like the good graces of this one writer director writing duo uh went from sky high with me to like where it is now and that's david gordon green and danny mcbride i loved watching the like original reboot legendary sequel Halloween movie that like sparked the fire that became all of these legendary sequels that we've been getting lately where it's like, Oh, forget all the, forget eight, nine and 10 and 11 or whatever. This is just a sequel to the second one slash. We are rewriting the franchise from this point on. And this dude's been at the forefront of it all. And like after completely bungling the Halloween franchise in a matter of three films where they just got progressively worse, you now give him the keys to the kingdom of the exorcist franchise to literally try to do the same thing that he did with Halloween. And this time he didn't even get to do the good first one. He skipped right to the fucking bad one at the end. Cause this was just as mediocre as it can get. When you were talking about being connected to the original movie, you put the regular original actress in there for a hot minute, give her absolutely nothing to do, nothing substantial of any means. Uh, and then you tease us with the little girl at the very end, like bullshit, bro. Like at, at least in Halloween, they gave us more of Lori's story. They brought back Jamie Lee. That was an actress people wanted to see back in this role, taking on Michael Myers. And then you bring back, isn't it Mia Farrow or something? Who are the, it's, oh God, it's the na- The kid in The Exorcist. The The girl's name's Ellen Burstyn, the mother, and then the daughter was Linda Blair. Uh, they bring those two legacy characters back from the original yeah, film well, for no reason yeah. whatsoever. They didn't even need to bring back Linda Blair.
1: They they really could have kept right. Reagan. they just like, were well, like,
0: oh, hey, I'm here. Ha ha. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not what they did with Halloween. And it's honestly, and then like you, and then again, I, I'm so fucking done with possession movies, like across the board, demonic possession movies, exorcist style movies, like the Pope's exorcist, even like. Talk to me, which was pretty good. I'm just so, I'm done. This is like the fifth one I fucking watched this year. I can't do it anymore. And the best one I watched is the movie we'll be talking about next. Because of what, because of, I'll I'll explain when we talk about it next. But I'm just, I can't keep watching the same tired old shit. Oh, they're writhing around. Oh my God, demons, uh, Bible verses. Uh, She says some fucking crazy out of pocket shit throw up, vomit. It's all the same fucking stuff. It's nothing different. And that's why, and, and it's just boring and they bring nothing to the table. The only thing different about this Exorcist movie and the original, besides the fact that the original was incredibly groundbreaking for its time and actually like a huge monument in horror cinema, uh, there's two girls instead of one girl. That's what they changed up in this fucking movie. Like, well, oh.
1: Come you know on. What, what else? What else they did too was they kind of made it uh an interesting. I, I think Danny McBride watched Prisoners Walk fly and thought how cool it would be to incorporate this into an Exorcist franchise. Yeah. And the worst thing we haven't even said this yet, but this was bought this, this, the David Gordon Green, who you know unfortunately probably ruined Michael Myers harder than Rob Zombie did, and that's yeah. saying something. Towards the and end, he, he, there was a big auction, uh, in terms of buying the rights for this re- reboot, and the, it, they they paid north of like $400 million to, to do this franchise, to make and, that, like, to make yeah. this movie. Not, um, obviously not, not cute to, to say the least. I think what their approach was in terms of like, oh, it's two girls. Um, what was really distasteful, if you ask me, was the two girls, door. one demon. <laughs> Oh, dude, you should have put that in the review! No. 20. I just thought of it. Damn. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um, they, the, they said they had this pregnant, the mom in the beginning being, uh, you know, one of the victims of the, the real-life earthquake that took place in Haiti that, like, you know, took a lot of lives. And, like, they're like, yeah, we're gonna incorporate this in a, a demon-possessed yeah, that was weird. horror film. And, like, Kind of makes it feel like, you know, it's just, it's really just like taking- linking nine
0: eleven into like a f- nightmare before Elm Street movie. Oh, hey,
1: let's not, not give all of our ideas. Away, I know, dude. Okay? I'm just
0: giving Hollywood ideas because I mean, the writer's strike. Oh, wait, that's okay. They,
1: they can use some stuff, you know? Right. I mean, uh, that might have been better than a Salt 10, but okay. I, I will say, um, I, I I watched this like after the weekend and seeing like all the reviews and it getting slammed by everyone and everything. I found it watchable. Like at least I was able to like sit there and be pretty invested in in what was happening. like I, I didn't really um hate a lot of that. There wasn't much scare. Like possession films are like really what kind of gets me um like like whoa, like that's false so um, the opposite and and well, it's understandable. And you got to reduce-
0: believe in that stuff, like, religiously you for it to be scary. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I've said this before. I just don't, I like, a demon possession is just so far-fetched in my mind. And, like, to rid of them, you just got to get a dude in a black cloth yelling fucking verses from a book. No, I just, uh, so that's the, that's the starting point. But when you can flip it on its ass and give us something wholly unique like The Exorcist was able to do all those years ago, the original one, like when evil lurks like what we're about to talk about. That's when you can actually get me invested in these movies. Like, again, I watched the same movie like three times this year with The Pope Exorcist and this and there was one more demon possession movie that I really disliked that I'm like is escaping me. But I just, I couldn't do it. It was not a, it's, uh oh, I guess Skidamarink counts. They almost did something cool. The Boogeyman, that was the other one. But that's not really Demon Possession. Horror movies are just, dude, like they're easy to make and you're going to get a thousand bad ones for every absolutely great one. Now let's talk about an absolutely great one uh, from Argentina.
1: You can start uh yeah i'm trying to find so yeah this from argentina and he said this one i i reached out to you uh more so more so you're you're kind of this like you know like hey what are you you doing and i was letting you know that i was watching a movie about myself again and you find that very weird for what i for when i do that
0: i do not Uh, i do that all the time i know i did my Um, whole saw patrol screening by myself you... Yeah. Okay, oh, but... for, we failed to mention because he didn't watch didn't watch it. But when I watched, I watched Saw Patrol. So I watched all of Saw Ten, and then right after I watched the new Paw Patrol movie. Guess what? They were about of equal quality. So
1: <laughs> you were unbelievable,
0: I, dude. It, it's not they. I can watch kids movies as like an observer from the outside and be like, yeah, this is great for the generation now because I can see that it's not just mindless bullshit. And like, that's kind of, I would have ate Paw Patrol up dude, just a bunch of dogs with cool jobs and vehicles and tech. And now they got superpowers in this one. Anyways, back to, back to this fucked up <laughs> Argentinian movie.
1: Um. Yeah. So the, this this we, we dragged you on you kind of went you did your best to go into this blind and I might have revealed the plot a little earlier to you but I I think this one was was solid dude like I mean what we're saying is done properly in terms of the, the demon possessed storytelling and just the visual it's not even just the visual effects like the sound in this film we kept looking at each other and, and realizing how gnarly it was. Um, in terms of also the sinister acts here, but basically, I mean, I know how I many folks will probably be too familiar with this one, but uh, it, it's going to be on Shutter at the end of the month. Highly recommend watching this one. Um, when Evil Lurks, it's about these two brothers who find this demon-infected man called, and they in this universe they're called Rottens, which I thought was really cool. Um, who is about to give birth to, to evil? Yeah, already being about to give birth to, birth to evil itself. Um, you find out that this mother of the guy. They've known about it for a year, and and what call, what started the brothers is like they heard they heard a gunshot go off in the middle of the night, and they just investigate in the morning. They find a guy cut in half, like a very mysterious, like intro into like this world of what we're getting into, and you'd find out that like the church tried they they tried to send a cleaner to, in which another really cool um style brought into this universe and, and with its um wording to say the least and what comes next is like these two brothers um they they try and take this evil away uh to make it someone else's problem and that's just not how you that's not what the rule book says and they quickly uh have to face the repercussions from it and they are just sent on an infernoing. Uh, i mean chaos of just hardcore uh uh, I, I'm trying to like I can't remember the word carnage like just it's absolutely insane what this family goes through and like what this evil is and how it transfers itself from like body to body and like makes you see things that aren't there or just also destroy your whole life and like there's a couple scenes where we looked at each other like we can't believe that happened as it was you know lurking around the corner you can say uh, especially in terms of the child with the dog that was fucking nuts. Um, You know, for a fact, like U.S. would stay away from stuff like that. And then I think the part that really got me was in terms of just insane gruesomeness was when the guys drive the brothers, one of the brothers is driving down the road and he sees the the, the mom and he's holding the child. And what she's doing with that child is just I've never seen anything like that before. I mean, just straight like, oh, my God just it like it it makes you uh it, it's a rewarding film I think when you get to the third act because all the tension that was building it, it again it explains itself very well and I think how it ended I'm not even gonna spoil it because I really want people to see this like they they had the balls to do it and I'm glad they pulled it off and like it's really cool that like what most films you know especially like what we've seen with the Exorcist where it kind of has a happier ending in this one is just, there's no there's no real winners when you're facing with something like this. Like when you're when you're faced with uh, possession, like there's always uh, the greater outlook of it. And I'm glad that we got to see just what happens when all oh, everything you try to do fails. And like this this movie is really cool. And it might be one of those where like you return to it every couple of years around Halloween just because it, it gave that I, I mean, don't know about that, that presence of scary. Well, you, you gotta you gotta want to rewatch. I don't want like to that. watch this again. <laughs> so it was no effective. thank
0: you dude unless I'm like just I'm doing it to sh- put someone to like I know they don't like horror movies or something and like I'm trying to get them to absolutely react or something but no uh I mean I got some words for this movie violent bleak uh tremendously cruel gr uh uh scary it is a very scary movie multiple times Um it's filled with like this dreaded atmosphere and some really impressively grotesque practical effects and makeup that dude, the eighties level practical effects in this movie, like the shit looks so visceral and real. It blew my mind. And it's what every, it's what every single horror movie should strive for and, and no horror movie will ever look better with a CGI effect Than it will with a like real, truly just rubbery makeup, grow like gross. I don't, it doesn't even have to look like totally real. If it's just tangible, it will be that much better. But like this movie is just so wildly imaginative. It's so effective as a horror movie because, like you said, you didn't, you did tell me a lot of the movie, but I was still like being led on this, this horrific story that these two brothers are going on one of the brothers with his two sons, one of which has like a severe mental disability. And like, they're having to use that. That's like a whole obstacle in and of itself for these brothers who are trying to escape and defeat this evil entity that like, again, is essentially just this demonic thing that took over this guy, but like is also affecting the children around and they're protecting him. It's, the way that this movie is able to build this world around what's going on in this weird, uh, what were they called? The rotten, like the lore behind the rotten is what I was so thoroughly impressed with in a movie that it was not even in the English language. I had to like read all the, the dialogue and stuff in the exposition. It it was still able to lay out so much solid information that I could kind of figure out as they go along as the, main characters were learning how this world works and how this crazy shit works. And then you have the whole added level. Like I said, you have the brothers and, and the one brother's kids, but then the ex wife, dude, that whole aspect, just like of at the beginning where it's just him trying to take his kids and she can't fathom what he's explaining to her because it sounds so far fetched. But like he's actively really trying to save them. And she's just like, get the fuck out of my house. And then the very next time we see this woman, she gets smashed by a car. And then the next time we see her, she's just back like surprises at every turn. It it, it like ha- packs a hell of a punch with some really scary moments, dude. Like like mm-hmm. they have jump scares. They have grotesque body horror they have demonic stuff for your people that like actually are like very religious. It it kind of picks and pulls. There's slasher elements in this movie at times when they're just like being chased down by these by the wife or whatever. Um I mean, dude, God abandoned that world. Like there's just that's that's it the would best be an absolute like, mess to there, live in. There's a
1: line, there's a line in the movie where he's like. They're, they're just like faith faith is gone like I, when we're done with this there's no faith and yeah. that that's that's exactly what the exorcist wanted to do and it just wasn't like this came out the same weekend and i and i think this was the truer you know evil film and so i i'm glad we watched this i mean i i, I think this is both in our top 10 right now for the year um, uh i think i think yours, maybe, yours might be like maybe still 12. a
0: 10 no it might still yeah. be a 10
1: um who knows maybe after tonight something might be falling down
0: yeah probably not <laughs> oh, uh, i don't think it could sneak into i mean it would ha- it has to be it has to be wolf all right this side conversation for you folks but it has to be like wolf of wall street level attention grabbing for the entirety of the three and a half hours for it to even touch top 10 for me that's the thing yeah, I- You got three and a half hours of movie. They're going to be slow parts that are going to lull me to sleep.
1: I've seen people talk about the runtime good and bad, but they still give it like a four to four and a half rating.
0: Well, if it's a four, it won't make it into the top 10. And actually I'm thinking about giving when evil lurks an extra half star. I only have it a four right now. What?
1: thought you gave it a four.
0: Right. I gave it a four, but. I want to give it more.
1: Did you do one of those things where, like, you just tap the four?
0: No, no. I I gave it four stars, but after I mean, just talking about it, I want to give it four and a half instead.
1: But anyway, oh,
0: Yeah, I want to give it that extra half star, and then it will go even higher on my rankings. It'll be higher than Oppenheimer, probably.
1: Oh wow, you got the you got your rankings are not bad. Yeah, I could I see killers getting in there, though. I could see and it. I like your bow is afraid, though. I, I like the I need, I
0: need to always. rewatch that. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. poster I put up over here on on this mm-hmm. on my wall, and I'm just like, that was a trip for like three hours. So me in my basement watching that with like a good helping of uh, medical marijuana, I think that would be a good ass time. Cause didn't we also watch that one at like Fronac or High Point or something?
1: We we did the AMC or we went to um, Ronnie's and watched it in the IMAX. Oh, and it was right, like an eight, right. and it turned out to be like an eight twenty four screening, which was really yeah. cool.
0: We got T shirts. Yes. All right. Anyways, uh, when evil lurks, if you can find it, I I don't know who has a End Shutter account. Month. Honestly, dude, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna subscribe to Shutter. I I want it, more horror it's... in my life. I'm. They
1: have good stuff.
0: I'm all about movies like comedies and horrors and genre films that'll make you feel something that's not just sheer depression. <laughs> <laughs> so whether a movie can make me laugh or cry or or shit my pants in fear, like that's what I want. So I'll. I'm. I need to get behind more horror movies. I'm watching a bunch this month too, for my pick them like uh my my. One a day, 31 days of horror movies or whatever. Uh, shout out, Ernest, dude. That movie was surprisingly good. That is a franchise I could definitely get behind, and I'm kind of ashamed I, I didn't have as a kid. All right. We talked a lot about horror movies. Obviously, that's October, but like we said up top, there are other movies that come out this month, and we are going to still talk about some of these other movies, especially the one we've been teasing that we're seeing tonight and the one we saw a few days ago that I think we both really came away from this movie enjoying because of a, once again, it almost is like a, a carbon copy of the conversation we just had about when evil lurks. But for sci-fi, this movie is new, unique, inventive. Like the fact that, I mean, the creator obviously is what we're talking about. And the first thing I want to mention is the budget. And cause I think, If you go into this movie knowing how much money they spent on the movie, you get that much more out of it because you're just constantly blown away with the things you're seeing on screen for, again, the money that they spent. So uh, uh, just for reference point, anywhere, uh, a huge, massive sci-fi blockbuster of that nature, i.e. something like in the caliber of Star Wars or the Avengers, that is easily... 200 to 300 million movies to make or million dollars to make for that movie. And that's not even like with the advertising budget and whatnot and all that other stuff. This movie was $80 million to make. And that is incredible, dude. Like again, some of these sci-fi effects and these giant spaceships and there is, there is so much CGI green screen going on, but the level of detail and crisp, like looking, shit on the screen like I don't even know how to explain how just how good this was for how little they spent because there's also it's not like there's no actors in this either they didn't just spend the money on the effects like they got Denzel Washington's kid they got Gemma Chan who is in everything under the sun these days they got that's pretty much it honestly but
1: you can yeah. want to be
0: and Ken Watanabe, yeah,
1: and, but yeah, and then it, all, it also hold it, on, it, it also has, has, has Allison Jan- Academy Award winner Allison yeah. Janey.
0: It's got people then, in it for sure, and
1: then Ralph Ensign. Okay, the Green Knight, I shall oh, say, the sure. yeah. Green Knight.
0: Yes, but it's 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 an incredibly strong movie for what it was spent, and like just narratively, I think it's really strong. <clears throat> I will say my my one thing coming away from the movie was. It's not the most original film. It's definitely very derivative of sci-fi and action movies and in in franchises we've gotten in the, in the recent years. Specifically, I saw a lot of key similarities with stranger things with some of how, with how the characters and the plot points aligned uh, it, they still do it very different than what we're doing in stranger things. It's not like we're in a small town in Ohio or whatever in, in like in strange or in indiana like in stranger things no this is like the future we're talking about things like in terminator we're talking about ai versus humanity and like where the line stops and what is decided to be like human and what is a soul and they discuss all that and they also there it's like nuclear armageddon because people are blaming ai for like at the actual apocalypse so it's fractured and started different fractions of people and there's wars and all this it's like a very cool world they build out and it's that that felt original but like i said they were just like plot beats that i found similarities in but i really i mean it was a really surprisingly good film
1: Mm -hmm. i i i was just kind of head over heels for this one uh originally titled true love which kind of kept it uh more secretive i think in terms of what the nature was trying to grasp with a fight for our our existence and the communication between the AI as we currently have come about it through uh, strikes coming to an end and still going on. I, I mean, I'm we're about a month after this now. And and I think the conversation about the budget was good uh, to make the, what the CGI and the visual effects look like. I mean, it's, it's half the reason why I drafted visual effects in our FAO because this could like be one of those sneaky appreciation um X, but I think you know the the conversation about like the screenplay was kind of weak. I mean, I, it's that's fair. I mean, it's not too often we have a lot of sci. I think sci-fi films dare themselves a lot by trying to just be more in the world-building atmosphere than trying to get you know freaking Francis Ford Coppola screenplay out here. You know, I always impressed with with and David Washington's performance. Like I know I know people are still trying to be convinced, but like I, I think he really has something. Uh, special I mean he's his his father's Denzel you know like let's let's give him the credit there I think he's going to learn something and it's we haven't got a whole lot of him though like I mean Tenet was great and I thought he really you know formed um, that performance really well to say the least and and what we got here was just as special and like I think the relationship that he created for himself to like he gave his character purpose in terms of like why he was doing what he was doing and, and, and I like that I mean the relationship he created with with uh Madeline vols like I thought that was special and something we haven't really had this year or maybe even last like I haven't like looked at that but I thought I thought what we got was like a good combination and I I mean I I just it was beautiful to look at the score was just a taking once again Hans Zimmer I mean like as the guy ever failed you know I I was just lost in the sauce to say the least I mean the scale was great it was yeah. very poetic and and what it was trying to to do and and the cinematography i mean craig frazier like this guy just he did dune and batman back to back like what a fucking goat already and and to see this was just as awesome and i i think this is um easily when the year's done still gonna be one of my favorites regardless of what people say i mean i understand like you could be on the flip side of it but like We've had we've had our run of like sci-fi films that have just been like mediocre at best. And I think we got something that was really good to look at. And Gareth Edwards, small sample size, I mean Godzilla, Rogue One, the creator. Um, since his debut of Monsters. Like I'm very interested to see if he can keep himself going forward to say the least in that.
0: I mean, Rogue One, $200 million, the creator, $80 million, and I would argue they are of an equal quality almost. Like, I love my Star Wars, but if we remove the franchise element from Rogue One and just look at these two as two sci-fi movies, like, he was able to pull it off for $80 million, and that's a feat. That is not Mm -hmm. something that people, they spent $350 million on fucking Indiana Jones. Like they don't make these movies of this ilk for that amount of money. And he did. And I hope he can keep doing that because if studios see that he can make something that maybe wasn't as financially successful as they were hoping, but they didn't take as massive of a hit because of it. And it still got critical acclaim you can bet that they're going to let him do something of that nature of that same realm again. And I mean, that's how you keep working in Hollywood. If you ask me.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what, uh, what Gareth was does next. I mean, I don't, I don't see anything lined up. That's the thing. Like I'm always, you know, sometimes people get, they have something right away, but it's not the case with this one. So I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think this was a good, a good film it just kind of hurt being released in september i think um uh, like a holiday release would have been better a summer release obviously the the cliche of what that could do but i mean we it would have been good good, it, it could have been good
0: counter programming come like thanksgiving week when we have like wish but yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, there's like I think people forget like what the holidays you could put anything out there and and people will will buy to it to the least. And
0: yeah, because they don't want to spend time with their families. They're like, oh, we can go sit in a quiet, air conditioned. Well, actually, by the holidays, hopefully heated seat in a movie theater and people will just shut up for two and a half hours. Yeah, let's go do that. I totally get it. But yeah. All right. Another episode in the books, folks, another basically recap episode. We I mean, it's the way to do these now that we're we kind of got our flow going and we can talk about movies, not for an endless amount of time. And then we get nice, concise chunks. This seems to be the format we like. We just bank a bunch of movies and then we come out and we make a podcast and we put it out for the people. Uh, but
1: a, a lot of that came by just release schedules of not there being much to talk about and
0: right so- we'd rather have more things to talk about that we have less to talk about than just we don't want to put out the short episodes but i uh, like but that being said with award season coming up i can almost poten- i i can almost potentially kind of sort of maybe guarantee that we will have some more regular episodes Uh, just because we'll be more likely to want to talk about these, especially since FAL has been drafted. It is year five of us doing this, I believe. And I don't want to lose again.
1: (laughs) I I have so much fun.
0: Fuck the third pick,
1: dude. I swear to God, seriously,
0: if I had your pick this draft, being backside of Johnny, I would have been so good.
1: Yeah, but what's funny in terms of that though, like a lot of the picks I wanted, you got right before me or right after me. So like, you still put yourself in a good position. We
0: we say that, and then fucking Iron Claw is going to come in and sweep, and none of us drafted (laughs) any of it.
1: That would be fun. (laughs) Even if they get a nod, that would
0: be fun. I I I think it's going to be if we we when we do our redraft, I think it's going to be the thing we're fighting over. I don't know why it just um, keeps popping up everywhere.
1: So real talk, though. Real yeah. talk. Um, as fun as it is having, you can cut this part out. But as fun <laughs> as it had one, is it too confusing to do two? And and me asking the other guys if that's something they want to be interested in. Two separate
0: FALS, like you're saying, with like no. Because like them.
1: like 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 how we talked about, like okay, we gotta be faithful for killers and show, You gotta be faithful for holdovers and op- Like, do we want to double down on that and like? Oh, we're gonna switch it around. I think this year would have been good with four players, though. I'm gonna be real on you with that. Uh, oh yeah.
0: I mean, we definitely, would especially in the actors category. A- I mean, and p- if we would have to, we would have done five. Though we probably would have done five pictures if it was just the four of us, and it would have been the same number. Mm-hmm. It'd be the same amount of like, yeah, who knows, maybe. But, like, I don't know about this year. Oh, shit. But that's going to end up, uh, uh, end the podcast for today, and we'll wrap it up at like we usually do. Uh, mine's going to be pretty short and sweet because the thing I watched was short and sweet. It's just about 10 minutes long. Uh, it's called Once Upon a Studio. And, you know, I'm going to say a few words to our friend Blaine of the Real Views podcast real quick. Uh, I know I'm a corporate shill for the Disney company. I understand this. I will forever and always be behind them and their sometimes shady wrongdoings and what they're what they choose to who they pay and whatnot and blah 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 but god damn it I fucking cry like a baby I've watched this special three times and I cry when Mickey addresses a picture of Walt and I don't know why I cry because it's like I mean I I kind of know why but I really don't and then I, I cry at the end because I'm looking at an image of 500 plus characters that I've come to know and love over my entire lifespan that help like fortify who I am today. And I still fucking love everything that the ins and outs and learning about the Disney corporation and happy 100 years to a studio. I will always have a special place in my heart for. So watch once upon a studio. It's it's worth your time. It's worth your time. If only because if, if just only because you have this one Disney movie that you love and that one specific Disney movie has this character that's like a side character that you love. He's probably in there. That character is probably somewhere <laughs> in this special, and you can find mm-hmm. him. And that and that's fun enough as it is. You like the weird yeah. pink goo guy from Treasure Planet? He's in there.
1: Um. Okay, so I I think you might like what I'm what I'm what I got here. Uh. But um. I last week in trying to stay real with uh, the Halloween theme, uh, I rewatched I wasn't doing like what you did with one horror film every day, which I kind of wish I do. And then I just obviously start too late. Um, Although, I guess I thought Alfred Hitchcock would have more scary movies, but he just really doesn't. Yeah, they're they're
0: not necessarily horror movies. They're all like thrillers.
1: Don't even get me started on the one I watched yesterday. I'm watching the
0: birds later this month.
1: Um. Okay. So I want. Uh. I'll. I'll do my recommendation on Sleepy Hollow. I the Tim Burton 1999 film with Johnny Depp. I. I think this one. I is underrated. Truthfully. I. I feel the atmosphere. Like you know, going into a Tim Burton film, that the atmosphere is going to be just mind blowing, creative, and unlike anything. Um. That it captures from other things, but I. I really like the folklore surrounding the headless horseman and like this idea of. Uh, we haven't had that done in a while and, and I'm kind of wanting oh, to thanks. see if maybe, yeah, it's right. I, I think it'd be time for it to be like adapted into like something new. Like we're so busy trying to like, oh, here comes another, you know, breaking news folks. But Turn like, it Michael into Hire. like a true detective
0: style Netflix series. <laughs> well,
1: this is what I'm getting at. Okay. But like. Imagine, like, a David Lowry Sleepy Hollow. Or, like, a, I mean, Jordan Peele. Or, like a David Low- you know, of.
0: like, David Lowry's Peter Pan was pretty good.
1: Oh, shut the fuck up. Um, but, like, you know, for, for people at home that, that might not even know this, but, like, Miramax just bought the rights to do another Halloween with Michael Myers, <sighs> and we're gonna make a TV show that leads into a film franchise, and it, we're like, why are we doing the same stuff? Like, I, I just want to see something brought forth that's new and... I mean, make your own stuff with it. Like, keep him dead. Let's bring someone else out of hell. That's what I say. Heather's out Horseman out? would be pretty cool. this Horseman would be pretty cool. I mean, I forgot Christopher Walken played the damn guy. Like, I thought that was awesome.
0: Dude, that's it's that's such a funny performance. It's so, mm-hmm. like,
1: corny. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, I like your idea, though, with the true detectiveness to it. As, I mean, after all that. yeah,
0: I mean thing. you no, but what I'm like the way that specific movie is set up, it is like a detective mystery Ooh. in the sense.
1: Ooh. What if and I'm just saying
0: season, like long form, stylized set,
1: mm, in like of Victorian London? Set. Yeah, no, exactly.
0: But that's what I'm oh. saying. You're they're looking for Jack the Ripper. Damn,
1: I might just jizz my
0: pants. Jack the Ripper, dude. It's true detective, and they're trying to figure out who Jack the Ripper is, and they don't. And you know, you know, Johnny, but fact Depp they do not.
1: You know, Johnny Depp did a movie about him, uh, Jack being the a Rapier, searching for uh, John Jack the Ripper.
0: Hmm. All right. Hmm. Well, that's it for our episode, folks. Uh, the, uh, the fuck the Indian movies that we have to deal with. Swear it's to God. My God <laughs> no, that's going to be it for our podcast episode this week, folks. We'll get back at you with more awards films, maybe a couple more scary movies. If they are there anything. Is there actually what's what is left? For I, October? Let,
1: let, let me tell you, I will be watching Five Nights at Freddy's on Peacock the way it was intended.
0: Oh, boo. You're, ugh, that's a waste.
1: And then I'll watch I'll The Killers on TV Netflix. Jackson. Fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck you. It's not even on Netflix. It's Apple TV. You're thinking of, like, The Killer? Are you saying The Killer? Both. Or, okay, because Killers will be Apple TV. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'll watch fuck.
0: both. I'll watch it on my iPhone like uh, fucking hey, Martin Scorsese intended. Hey, Because, you know, no. he sold it to Apple TV. So I should it, be it, able to watch it on my iPhone just fine.
1: You ready for, for my clothes off here? Yeah. The world could use plenty of bartenders. Oh, you're annoying. All right, bye. That is like the worst line.